Are you new to wholesaling real estate and you want some additional help getting that marketing out the door so your phone can start ringing? Do you need help running comps, analyzing deals, making offers? How about repair estimates? Do you struggle with any of these things? Well, guys, we are here to help. Mike and I have a weekly group coaching mastermind, and we would like to invite you guys to come check it out. It is a phenomenal value. For just a few hundred dollars a month, you can connect with Mike and I, get access to all of our courses, as well as join us on weekly coaching calls where we discuss what is working today in our real estate business. We are an open book. We talk about what kind of marketing we're doing. We do case studies and we answer any and all questions that you guys might have for us on those weekly calls. This mastermind is limited to only a few people. So check it out at dpipodcast.com forward slash mastermind to where you guys can get some more information about this amazing offer. Again, access to all of our courses. Connect with Mike and I on weekly calls. Ask us questions that you have about your wholesaling or real estate business, as well as weekly trainings on what we are doing in our business and what is working. This is like rocket fuel for your business. Check it out, dpipodcast.com forward slash mastermind. We'll see you inside. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth. All right, guys, I think we all can agree that estimating repairs can be tricky especially if you're new, right? So there's lots of different ways to go about determining your repair estimates. It can also vary depending on the location of the property, the type of property, uh, where the property is located. It can, it can vary based upon the exit strategy as well, right? So are you planning on wholesaling it? Are you going to fix and flip the property? Are you going to keep the property as a rental, right? So on and so forth. Estimating repairs is difficult. I struggle with it still to this day. And I think a lot of individuals that are getting into this business are really struggling to determine those repairs as well. I have a solution for you guys. Head on over to dpipodcast.com forward slash repairs. And I'll introduce you guys to the software that Mike and I use in our own business to help determine our repair estimates. Okay. dpipodcast.com forward slash repairs. This software is amazing. You guys can get a 66% off uh, by going over and checking out that link to the software. Also, not only does it help estimate repairs, but it also will help generate a seller's net sheet, which will help justify your offers. It'll actually generate a scope of work 
that you can actually give to a contractor in the event that you end up buying the property, but also a repair sheet that you can give directly to the seller. Last but not least, you can actually generate a contract based upon the repairs and the comps that the software will help you with all in one place. So head on over to dpipodcast.com forward slash repairs and check out the software that Mike and I use in our own business to help determine those repairs because we all know it can be difficult. And if you screw up your repair cost or your ARV, one of those two numbers, the deal may not work. Check it out, dpipodcast.com forward slash repairs. You're overthinking it, man. All right, guys, welcome back. This is the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I'm your host, David Dodge, with co-host Mike Slane. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Super excited to be recording with Dave. Uh, yeah. we, this is one of the things we like to do. We don't have enough time for it, seems like. We get out there and uh, look at properties, and that's fun, too. But, you know, it's nice to get in here and, and chat about real estate with uh, with one of my partners. I enjoy doing it. And, yeah, uh, me too. I'm happy to be here today. So hopefully you guys are killing it in wholesaling. Uh, this is a Discount Property Investor Podcast. Like Dave said, we focus primarily on teaching people how to uh, get started in real estate investing. And the first way is through wholesaling. That's what we always recommend. It's a great way to learn your numbers um, and then you know get your feet wet in this investing business without having a ton of capital. It's true. So it's, again, a great way to get started. Uh, today we're talking more about rentals. We're going to continue our little series on the Burr strategy, and today we're talking about uh, what to buy. Right? Isn't that mm -hmm. kind of what we're going to delve into? Yeah. So last last episode we talked, you know, how to buy rentals. Essentially, we kind of gave you a big picture on um, how to buy. So today we're going to dive into the what to purchase a little bit deeper. Awesome. So we talked about location. We talked about the city and county rental laws and you know research your, your market to pick the area that makes sense for you so we're really going to dive into that today so we are obviously out of st louis missouri if you've been listening you should know that and let's talk about location mike so we have rentals in our city they are located in the north county region and they are located in the south city region primarily mm -hmm. we have some sprinkled out in other areas why do we have most of our rentals in those two areas though mike why does that location matter for us? Absolutely. So that's a great question, and I would I'll even even expand it a little bit further Let's on why it. it makes sense for other people too. Okay. So we invest in those two particular areas in St. Louis because the numbers work. We know mm, our numbers. Know your numbers. And we can make cash flow in those areas. Uh, it's Dave, proven because we were doing it. So doing one on a street nearby is going to be simple versus trying to go somewhere that we know nothing about. 100 percent location location yeah and location. it's not to say you can't make it in other areas of st louis absolutely you can it's these are the areas we're having success with so we're putting our money there correct so why does it make sense uh because we can get a positive cash flow or return on our investment in that area so what you're going to do if you live in a an, let's just call it an expensive market versus a less expensive market so if you look at like the west coast so california they've got in our opinion, because again, we're Midwesterners, uh, they've got crazy expensive real estate out there, right? So, I mean, you're looking at $500,000, you know, two bedroom, one bath, little bungalows or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's not how we live here. And that type of property wouldn't make sense to buy as a rental. 
in in most cases again mm -hmm. to come up with a the money to buy a five hundred thousand dollar house is going to be a lot harder than to come up with the money for a hundred thousand dollar house and the rent again i'm not exactly going to sure. be five times i i don't suspect it's five times that's that's the big problem right. it's is be that two or three times right you're five. probably going to be paying three to four thousand a month you also in some places like new york you've got rent controls uh and again i'm not super familiar with it but uh, you can't increase your rent over a certain level so it causes all sorts of issues same thing with san francisco you can't you can't build i'm getting i'm digressing <laughs> get back to focusing on the fact that we like the Midwest. Uh, you should you should look for regions that make sense to invest in from a cash flow perspective. So what does that mean? Uh, it means that you've got to look at the purchase price, figure out uh, what you can finance properties for, uh, break down what your monthly payment's going to be, figure out your taxes, uh, insurance costs on it, and your estimated rents. That's it. So you're That's gonna, all you need. You're gonna you're gonna look at those those numbers and, and you want to have an out. estimated cash flow which is basically all the money that comes in it pays all your expenses and there's some left that's the cash flow so you want to have an estimated cash flow of at least 250 dollars why why does it need to be at least 250 dollars well because you're going to have vacancies and you're going to have maintenance and you're going to have management expenses so if you want to make it be profitable and actually turn this into a business and not a hobby you need to have at least 250 because there's going to be periods of time when it's vacant and you have no money coming in. So you need to have have cash flow, extra money saved to cover the mortgage in those months. You also are going to have expenses of dealing with things when they break and you're going to have to pay somebody to manage it or you can manage it. So that third expense may or may not be there, but as you scale, you are going to have to pick between managing all your properties or hiring a manager. So there will be a cost at some point with that. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So we use property manager. We, we've gotten to the point where we need someone else to help us. Well, that and um, it's hard to do both. You can't be in acquisition mode and management mode. So we'll, you know, maybe at some point we'll open our own company, who knows? But right now, it works great for us to have somebody help with the leasing and the day-to-day -day management and rent collection because we are focusing our efforts on buying more. Absolutely, it's a full-time full job just managing acquisitions 100% right 100% so okay so we're talking about uh, what to purchase let's circle back again and we kind of talked about the location why we think the midway Midwest is a great area uh, to invest in uh, the type of property let's uh, let's touch on that a little bit uh, mm -hmm. we like single-family homes right so single-family homes have been one of the traditionally best things to invest in uh, I think it's been a 6% return from the 1960s to uh, I think prior to the bust or so, yeah. yeah. And then again, obviously after that, prices started going climbing again slowly, and mm -hmm. we're six percent a year. That's pretty awesome, right? And that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, inflation adjusted, all that. So it's mm -hmm. pretty good stuff. Uh, well, Michael, last episode we had mentioned, you know, that you had a friend who had a strategy on buying you know, one bedroom mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we don't, our strategy is the opposite of that, but that's it okay. Is. She, you know, that particular person had picked a niche. However, we do own one bedrooms in a multifamily setting. We do. So there's a big difference between a single family rental and a multifamily rental. With multifamily, you get to dollar cost average, the cost of all of those items by the bedrooms. We talked a little bit about that in the last episode too. So if you have one roof with 10, individual units 
that's one bedroom units that changes a lot of things. Yeah, we actually own a ten family mm-hmm. that has one bedroom units, but it's one roof. So you know, type of property has a lot to do with you know what kind of investing or investor you want to become or or do. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's uh, and the- that might be a cash flow play on a multifamily unit. Mm-hmm. However. The pros and cons of multifamilies versus single families is the barriers to entry obviously are gonna be higher typically when you have a multifamily because you have a lot more plumbing, a lot more electrical, the cost is gonna be higher. The One of the major uh, cons in my opinion is the, the, the liquidity of those deals. Single family houses are gonna be very easy to sell because you have a lot of buyers out there that are looking. You have people that are wanting to buy to just move into, you have investors, so on and so forth. Well, with multifamily invest- investments, typically the owner of those buildings don't live in them. It's always going to be an investor mm-hmm. whenever you're dealing with larger properties. A duplex, maybe not. Maybe you have somebody that wants to move into a duplex and rent out one of the sides, but it doesn't really happen that way when you get up to four, six, and eight families, so on and so forth. So type of property um, is something that you want to kind of you know figure out what works for you. And if you're just getting started, we recommend sticking to single families. They're easier to manage and they're easier to um, kind of work the numbers on if you're if you're a beginner. Yeah, and I think it's probably easier to get a loan on them. Honestly, I think that, that too, uh, a that bank too. is going to have more com- comfort with you taking on uh, that type of risk versus a, a good multi. Point. But uh, again, it, it just kind of depends on your experience level. <coughs> Absolutely. Excuse me. So, so the, yeah, no, figure out what, what, what kind of investing you want to do. Stick to it. Love that. We talked about... Basements and garages, pretty in detail last episode, so we'll, we'll, we'll push past that. Um, my next, I think, you know, when it comes to what to purchase, the price, okay? Everyone's always gonna be thinking, well, what, you know, what do I look for in terms of price? Well, that depends on you, but the purchase price is very, very important. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, it's, it's probably one of the most important things. Absolutely. I mean, so this kind of circles back to know your numbers. And maybe you determine your purchase price by looking at all your other numbers first that's okay you can first say okay i think in this particular area i can get this rent okay well typically in our area we need to be at one percent of the purchase price in rent so if i'm looking at a property and i'm like i think i can get 900 dollars a month in rent for this well the absolute most i can be into this property for is 90 grand the absolute most in my market and your market may be a little different, but it's a great rule of thumb. It's called yeah, the one percent rule. Mm-hmm. I love that one. So, and that's uh, I love that you, you you we talk about the purchase price because I was just thinking of that uh, that kind of saying. There's three things in real estate, and there's really only three things: the price, the location, and the condition. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't change the location. I mean, can't again, change that. But you get to pick all these things, though. Right. That's what's cool is up front before you buy it, you're picking all these things that you want, mm-hmm. and you say, "Well, I don't really pick the price." Well, you do. You pick the property and then you get to negotiate the price. Right. So again, it's pretty pretty neat stuff. So uh, price is very important, but it is it's going to be based on the rental income in your area. So you have to determine again if it makes sense in your area. Is this purchase price going to be supported by the rent? Does the rent cover? And is there a demand for renters in that area? Very good. Yeah, Absolutely. Very good point. So one thing that we didn't touch on very very in detail last episode was the condition. We mentioned it. But we're going to really dive deep into the condition. This is important. This is very important. So if you're new to rental investing, location obviously is very important. Um, The amount of rent is very, very important. 
And then of course, knowing what you're looking for, type of property, uh, bed bath count, having metrics in place. Next is the condition, okay? The condition is gonna change a lot of things because this can affect how much you can offer on the property. So whenever we look at a property, we start with the end number in mind, okay? We use a simple formula called the MAO formula. And basically what it says is I can offer this amount of, of, of money for a property based upon what it's going to be worth once it's fixed up or rehabbed to a rent quality, okay? Multiplied by a discount rate, which we're gonna get into as well, but that can change, minus the repairs. So the repairs are basically the thing that's going to change the most. If I'm gonna look at every house on a street and they're all three bedroom houses, I can essentially assume that the after repair value of all of these houses is going to be relatively the same. Yeah, it's pretty similar. So that's what is a very good example. We were actually analyzing a property this morning and we looked at one on the same street a couple weeks prior. And we said, oh, here was our number on this one. Well, our number probably is gonna be pretty similar on this one. The, this street, it's all, um, they're all about 900 to 1,000 square foot houses. Two bedroom, Two one bath. one bath, very small. Some have garages, some don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty much all you've got on this street. So that's all you need to know, essentially. Location's the same. Mm -hmm. uh, the ARV is the same. The ARV is gonna be the same, so our after repaired value. But the condition. The discount rate will be the same because of the location. Mm -hmm. But the condition is the one the thing that varies from house to house. And that's, I think, what most people struggle. So the condition is going to affect, though, that other variable price. And those two are very intimately tied together. They're so that's something that takes a while to get a real handle on. So let's review our formula. What's the most I can pay for a property? Well, it's based on the condition. So the formula is your MAO, your max allowable offer, equals your ARV, or the after repair value, multiplied by 0.7 or 0.8, it's a discount rate, depending on your area, minus those repairs. Okay, mm -hmm. so yeah, love it, Mike. So the condition's going to vary greatly from property to property. So if the condition is move-in ready, well, that is not really that big of a deal in the equation. However, if that property needs 10, 20, sometimes even $30,000 worth of work in order to get an occupancy permit, so you can rent it, well, that's going to decrease your offer by 10, 20, or even $30,000, which is going to be equal to the amount that you'd have to spend to get an occupancy rate. That's the beautiful thing about wholesaling too, is David, if you, if you They're kind of followed, yeah. well, if you followed with us along, you started learning your numbers by wholesaling properties. Mm -hmm. You went out and you've looked, you've made offers on properties, you've, um, you've got some under contract, and you start marketing to other investors and other investors say, oh, no way, your rehab number is too low. That $20,000, you, you think I can rehab a, a 2,000 square foot house that needs a new kitchen, three new bathrooms for $20,000? you are crazy. And, uh, and that might be true. Again, it kind of you're going to learn your market by doing some of that wholesaling. So the condition is the biggest variable. Uh, we highly encourage you to get out there, network, and do some wholesaling to help you uh, network and learn and sell properties and find out what a good deal is in your area um, to get started. That's why I just I just love the fact that that's where we both kind of started from. Uh, we we knew we wanted to do rentals and start wholesaling here in St. Louis and start picking up quite a few more and yeah it's just it's really fun guys it gets to be fun absolutely.
Absolutely. So the rehab estimate is really what we're looking for whenever we talk about the condition. How much is it going to cost to fix that property up so that way we can use the rest of our formula to determine how much we're going to purchase the property for. So the purchase price, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say that that is a, a, um, it is the answer to a, to a problem that we're going to solve. Basically, we're going to use an equation to determine what that purchase price is every single time. It's all it, it's a variable that's going to change based upon the condition of the property. And then last but not least is the rehab plan. So we're going to want to put a plan in place once we determine the condition, once we determine the condition, uh, so we can get that property fixed up and ready to be leased out. And we're going to go way into depth on that one uh, when we talk about rehabbing. So we'll go into um, all sorts of different ways to estimate repairs and uh, figure out what your rehab costs are going to be. So I love it. Yeah. All, all right, right, guys. Well, until next time, that was an episode on what to purchase. Wanted to get into a little bit more detail about that. Thanks for listening. Again, check out freewholesalecourse.com if you haven't been there already. And we wholesale um, and buy rentals. So we're using, uh, you know, we're basically keeping the best, selling the rest. We encourage you to do the same. Wholesaling is a job. It does require a lot of work. So put that work to use by buying rental properties so you can actually make money while you sleep. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Welcome back to Season 2 of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share with you what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. Make sure you never miss an episode and download the Discount Property Investor app in Google Play or iTunes today. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in.